Jeff Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there! You have tuned into episode 45 of the Star Wars Archives, the UTD Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Pudu out of it. I am Jose, aka Joxie in the Utiniverse, and today, joining me today, is the premier galactic travel planner, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Trevor Davey. Hello, I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline pages over at utini.com. I've spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media, and I've read over 1,000 Star Wars books and comics. So for anyone joining us for the first time, this is a largely unscripted show, where once we've decided on each episode's topic, Jose will do whatever research he needs, I will do as little research as possible, and we can talk about anything Star Wars. Legends, canon, books, comics, TV video games, even miscellaneous newspaper clippings, and hopefully keep you entertained and informed over the next hour or so. That is correct, Mr. Trevor Davey. Um, and today, dear listeners, we are, again, once again, ending a Utini-wide event, this time, this TAR Tours. I think that is that was the working title at the very least. We are recording ahead of time to that week, so if the title changes, apologies for that, but at one point, <laughs> you'll know that this was Project Star Tours. Um, but, uh, Trev, why don't we... So, what has this week been about? Just so... Th- this whole, um, yeah. this whole Utini-wide event was uh, Jared's baby. So he came up with a Star Tours idea where each show would focus on a singular planet and they could talk, talk about what they love about that planet. It's not about Star Tours The Ride. <laughs> which, when it first suggested it, I was all over that. Yes, I want to talk about the adventures of Captain Rex, the droid, not the clone, obviously. Yes. I mean, yes. come on. Yes. And I was thrilled. It's, it's like he came up with the idea just for us. But no, it's about planets. It's about touring the stars. Exactly that. I mean, it is, it's what that ride is, it should be kind of like about, right? I mean, it's touring you around the galaxy, sort of. And if you go on the, the modern incarnation of Star Tours, then you never know which two or three planets you're going to experience. No. And so we're going to kind of take that angle, I guess. Yeah. I mean... You you all know what we do on this show. You all listen intently. <laughs> you're, you're all regular listeners into our deep dives and Easter eggs. Right. If we just focused on one planet, I think you'd all leave disappointed. Right. So, yeah. So, I, I love... <laughs> I mean, I wasn't surprised when Jared asked, so, hey, Trev, Jose, what planet are you guys going to choose? And Trev goes, I'm not going to choose a planet. I'm <laughs> just going to do something <laughs> com- sort of different. And so here we are with, I mean, is Planet Hoppers? Is that the way? Planet Hoppers, yes. Yes. (laughs) That that is what we're going to talk about. So 
The primary focus of this show is a very obscure series of web articles published by Wizards of the Coast back in the early 2000s called Planet Hoppers. And boy, oh boy, is it weird and obscure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. That is the perfect way to describe this. Uh, And some of you, if you're following our our Discord, you you, uh, may have seen me complaining about the amount of research that (laughs) Tress sent my way. Which was uh, nothing. It was. I, I, I mean, literally sent him four of these stories. Yes, four, four but very each, short stories. They were twenty pages each. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, when you said there's four short stories, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I can, you know, I during the week I can, you know, I'll, I'll focus on work so I can just like be clear-minded enough to then record this. Uh, you know, so I'll just read this the night before. It'll be fresh in my mind. It'll be nice. I finally open up the folder where these stories are in, and each one of these stories is 20 pages, and we're talking about just, you know, like letter-sized sheets. So not like a, not 20 pages of like a canon novel. There's a lot more text in each one of these pages. So, and I was like, I can't can't read this in like one night. Yes. And I I will put all of this into some context. I will explain exactly what I sent. Jose, exactly what the the structure of these articles was, tell you all about the disaster that befell me about an hour before we started recording. But before that, Jose, do you want to do the housekeeping? Let's do that. All right. So this show is possible thanks to all the people supporting us, either through Patreon subscriptions or getting some of our merch, if you would like to help us out as well. You can uh, get your Star Wars-inspired merch at utini.com slash merch, and also go to patreon.com slash utini. And when you become a member, not only will you get access to all of our episodes in advance, you will also get a bunch of other Utini member exclusives. And, I mean, and just little behind the scenes, we were just talking about some possibly Patreon-only episodes. Just because. I mean, our last episode was... Patreon only there was forever. That, too. that, that was... is going to stay Patreon only forever. Yeah. So if you listen to us on delayed release, you're yes. missing out on something that apparently people enjoyed very, very much. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just to give them a little taste or Trev, what happened in that episode and why is it that you want to keep it? <laughs> uh, it was Trump drunk Trev, and we're going to leave it at that. Yes. Trump drunk <laughs> Trev. So, but it was, it's a, it's good. It's, I mean, it's, how much like actual Star Wars content you get out of that? It's questionable, yeah. but it's definitely a good some, time. Some, there's, there's, yeah, we, we, it was sprinkled in there somewhat. But anyways, yes. so yeah, we so there's that one, and then there's another one coming up most likely uh, in the next few weeks. We'll see. We're we're still yes. working through our schedule. So but if you want a, all the Star Wars archives goodness, and we are good, then you can <laughs> only get it by signing up. To Utini's Patreon. Uh, that's right. And then also make sure to check us out in, on YouTube because now, you know, we have been releasing the bedtime stories over on YouTube as well as whatever you've been hearing at the end of some of our episodes. But it's definitely, a, you know, it's a different experience watching it and, and seeing us read these things live and, and see like our reactions because, you know, we're trying to be fresh and never have read the stories that Trev is picking out for us. So uh, it's just kind of cool to see people just like, oh, okay, this is what's happening, and just see see their facial expre- expressions change as they read. 
Absolutely, and you're going to get to put faces to names that you probably haven't seen before. Yes. So, yeah, definitely check that out as well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully soon, the last little bit of housekeeping here is that uh, there is a, there is an interview from Star Wars Celebration that still needs to make its way to uh, to YouTube. So apologies on that. That is my fault. I'm still working through the video editing, but that should be coming out soon. Or it should Our be listeners out already. haven't forgotten. They haven't forgotten. They're, yes. they're waiting for this. It's coming. It's coming. This, this could be the thing that fixes the planet. Uh, yes, sure. sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, that is exactly the one thing that everyone has been missing in their lives. It's, it's yes. you interviewing Jackson. That is correct. Okay. All right. I think that is enough housekeeping. So why don't we start hopping onto some planets, Trev? <laughs> Okay, so actually, actually, that yes. was a good segue, and I missed it. Speaking of Jackson, let's hop onto some planets now. You know, because it's a rabbit, and they hop. Okay, um, and we're going to keep all this in. But do you want to do that again? Now, you, <laughs> now you've got the idea. Let's let's do it from the top. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, <laughs> but I just said it. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, speak. <laughs> speaking of Trev. Interviewing Jackson T. Tumperaki, a space rabbit. Why don't we hop on to some planets now, Trev? Is that better? Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Random applause. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> Again, let's underline completely, completely, well, I was going to say completely unscripted show. <laughs> so, yes. Entirely. Okay. Uh, Trev, hopping onto planets now. Planet hoppers. Yes. Hopping onto planets. So, let's give it some context. So, yes. Planet Hoppers is a series of web articles published by Wizards of the Coast. Now, Wizards took over the Star Wars role-playing game license after West End Games went bust in 98. You've heard me talk about West End Games loads. Yes. You probably haven't heard me talk about Wizards much. And they held the license for... I hear you talking good... about Wizards in every episode. No, that's my Harry Potter podcast. Oh, well, I was talking about the space wizards, <laughs> oh, okay. also known as Jedi. <laughs> okay, um, but anyway, wizards held the license for about ten years, but they never produced as much fiction as West End Games. The role-playing game itself, because they completely rewrote the uh, rulebook and the mechanics, is probably more fondly remembered than the West End Games RPG, but. There was less obscure fiction, therefore less stuff for me to talk about. But we did this one series of articles because they were coming in to the kind of digital age that West End Games never had. So they got to publish websites. They'd release the rulebook, that would come out, and then they could update it. New stats for characters, planets, whatever, you know, all this strength, uh, defense, you know, those kind of things... Um, they just put it online and people could take that and play with it. And there they buried some really, really cool bits of fiction. So the Planet Hoppers articles ran from 2003 to 2004. Um, uh, primarily written by a guy called Maury Mullins to begin with. Uh, but for the most part written by a guy called Corey Hemden. And this guy was a massive fan of Star Wars Marvel comics, as you will hear me talk about in a bit but before we really do get into it at the top of the show we say that it's a largely unscripted show 
and the fact that I had a computer crash and have no notes mean that I'm going to be doing this completely off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> I sent Jose some stuff to read. The stuff that I sent him to read included all these stats and game-related info. Yeah. And the fiction was buried in it, and I kind of neglected or forgot to point out that you'd have to dig a bit deep to get to the fiction side of yeah. it. <laughs> and, so, and it. Yeah, and I found my way to it. It was just more like there's just there's a lot of other information in this in this sheets. So it's just uh, yeah, there's a lot. So we're just gonna talk about some random planets in the form of planet hopper articles, really, and that's. How we're gonna go? I was gonna focus more on some than others, but I lost my notes. Uh, <laughs> so we're just kind of gonna go through. How does that sound? That sounds that, that sounds fine. But I have a <laughs> I have I have two two questions. Yes. Before we full on get started, um, I mean they're related, so I guess we we have started. Okay. Uh, question <laughs> question number one. Yes. Does the Star Wars universe, the galaxy, in 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 uh, in Star Wars, does it have a name? Oh, yes! I was reading about this recently. Okay. Oh, it's. And I did. I didn't mean to try to. I wasn't trying to like trump you here with anything. No, it's no. Like... I'm, I'm not sure how legitimate it is because there's this semi-official but not quite anymore book coming out i think we spoke about it on the last episode of the episode before that uh supernatural encounters mm -hmm. where the galaxy is named i can't remember what the name is or where that name came from like the source for that name okay but literally I was, in the last week or so i've been reading that exact thing but i don't remember but okay. yes and no is the answer. <laughs> Good answer. Of course. Like everything in Star Wars is yes and no. Because only Question the two. Sith deal in absolutes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Question two. Uh, um, there's a lot of artwork um, representing the planets. And, you know, yes. it would, you, sh you shared with me four stories or four of these entries. And each one deals with a different planet. Um, some of the plants, of course, we have seen in the movies, not the ones really, uh, well, I guess we, I mean, one of the plants in here is Bespin. So I guess we do see a little bit of Bespin, yeah. but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was just sort, sort of like curious about like the, the artwork, I guess, that accompanies all of these planets. Like, do you know, like have all the different planets been at some point rendered? <laughs> I, I'm going to go with yes. Okay. Because if you look in the Essential Atlas, yeah. once you get past the whole history section of it, where you get every planet has its own page and its own information and uh, stats and all of that stuff, each one of those has a rendered image of the planet. Mm. And I think the images in these articles are taken from that same place. Okay. So I imagine that in the... Lucasfilm archives in the holocron these exist i mean okay. you can see that the stuff i sent you it's it's quite dated you know these yeah. are very sort of ms paint 2005 images but 
No, but it's 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 pretty. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, some some are better than others. Like so, uh, I guess we should definitely share these images with 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 the people on Discord. But uh, it's just interesting to see them because uh, so we have here we have Bespin, we have uh, Kessel, yep, we have uh, Corbin, and we have yep. Zeltros, and yeah, Bespin is pretty much the one that looks like the flattest in terms of, of a drawing of a planet. Whereas like Corbin is sort of very glossy and shiny and Zeltros is just like, Zeltros is really interesting. Zeltros is very, very interesting. This is like, it's pink and yellow and it's very psychedelic. And I have no idea what the landscape looks like in this planet. I don't, but this is uh, definitely very interesting from afar. Okay, so let's let's talk about Zeltros first, then. Okay. Can you remember anything about Zeltros or Zeltrons? Zel- oh, there's two ways to pronounce his name. No, Zeltrons are the people. Oh, then no. <laughs> no? Uh, so if I said sort of the anti-chiss to you? Okay. Purple people? Purple-skinned humanoids? Yes, yes. Can, can you remember anything? I mean, it's I, I sounds more familiar now, but... They're the really horny people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then the, one was, the one was obsessed with Luke when we did the Luke's ex-girlfriend episode. Yeah, okay. So Zeltros the, is the pleasure planet. The thirsty, thirsty people. Yes, yes. That was a Got better it. word I could have used. <laughs> 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 so, right. so yes, that's for that's for Pleasure Planet. But that's all we're interested in is pleasure in all its forms. And so, like I said at the top of the show, each of these articles comes with unique fiction. A lot of the times, it's based on um, what I kind of call in-universe documents. That could be a first-person journal, or an article, or communications, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're broken down into a couple of chapters, you know, went out week by week. And the uh, the fourth chapter of the Zeltros uh, entry is yeah. really, really interesting and obscure for anyone who read the old Marvel comics. Because it ties into the Nagai slash Toph war at the end of that run. So... Post Return of a Jedi, there was a whole invasion from another galaxy, and you had these other insectoid aliens called the Hiromi, who were actually just complete cowards and out of their depth. And Zeltron was involved in that, and it was all very, very weird, and it had to get wrapped up really quickly because they cancelled the comic. And so, one of the um, communications that are transcribed in this article is involving an officer of the Hiromi and how he's They've conquered Zeltron, and he's there for the glorious destiny. But hold on, someone's breaking in, so I'm just going to have to hide in this cupboard and eat the sandwiches. <laughs> and well, it's hilarious. Yeah, no, I mean, so I'll ha- I have to say that I... Didn't understand a single word I just said. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, when, when, you know, I was sk- skimming through the these articles that you shared... Uh, Part of me was, what the heck did Trev <laughs> just sent me? And, and at the same time, I'm also just like, I was so, I don't know, let's say impressed, but with like just 
the amount of fiction, right? I mean, we're talking about the fiction of, of, yeah. of in Star Wars, but it, just the amount of fiction slash content that has existed um, of this universe, that every single little thing can and has been or has the possibility of being explored in this universe. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, I, I, the first one that I was reading was the one from uh, Bespin, and you know we'll get to that in a, in a you know eventually, but I was just reading that and I'm like, it's just incredible how, just like in, through the form of a game, then they're able to just add more history to a character like Lando or you know, or to the Ognots and things like that too. So, but but going back to Seltros in here, I do wanna read a little bit of the kind of like how it all starts because i think it it just helps uh you know establish what kind of planet this is okay all right so as the saying goes one zeltron is the life of the party on zeltros life is the party <laughs> so i mean it is a pleasure planet that makes sense mean, yes yes so hold on since the earliest days of the republic the planet seltros has been known as one of the biggest tourist attra- destinations on the inner rim and it's easy to see why everyone loves seltrons and everyone who's been there loves seltros even more Zeltron artists of all disciplines are renowned throughout the galaxy and it's no exaggeration to say that their entire homeworld is an ever-changing exhibition of aesthetic skills when not creating dazzling erotic sculpture, sensual dance numbers, or some of the most pulse-pounding theater this side of Coruscant, Celtrons are celebrating life to the fullest in a never-ending party. Book your tour today and enjoy the following testimonials from satisfied travelers. So, I mean, if you were going to book <laughs> a tour of the stars... That'd be up there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the first place you're gonna go. Yeah, and you know, this is why I'm saying that Trev here is the pre- premier, the premier galactic travel agent. <laughs> uh, so this is why he shared this little brochure with me, right? So, and while we're starting with Zeltron, I guess because like, hey, you want to go on vacation to the ga- explore the galaxy? First place to go to, or first place to suggest, will be Zeltros. So let's let's uh, let's showcase the galaxy in all its all its shades of grey, shall we say. Uh-huh. And let's focus on another story called... Okay. Uh, so each one of your stories has the planet name and then a subtitle. Yeah. So we're going to go from Zeltros, Pleasure Planet, to Kessel, Hell in Kessel. Space. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's literally called Hell in Space. So you know that things are going to go bad. So we, we've heard about the Spice Binder. I Kessel. have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> We've seen the Spice Mines of Kessel in mm-hmm. Solo. So the, the fiction part of this article tells the story of a Wookiee slave called Gil Garrard, mm-hmm. who's imprisoned in the Spice Mines to mine Glitterstim. It talks about the Spice Spiders. It mentions um, Morris Dool, who was introduced in the Jedi Academy trilogy as being the, the Rybit or like the frog guy who runs the mines when Han Solo gets stuck down there and finds Kip Duran. Uh But then Gil Garrard finds out that Morris Dool is using Wookiee children as slaves. Mm-hmm. And on Life Day itself, they lead a revolt against, uh, you know, their, their slavers. 
it fails miserably and you know it's not a fun story no but i actually really loved it <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i mean it's just it's, but just, it is good right it, it's good and it's just like it takes a turn that i wasn't expecting um and but it's just i think the last few words on that story is like the life day massacre and yeah. like oh my like dude like that has a it just created such a visual you know and just like it had i don't know it just carried the life day massacre it's just there's something about it that just hearing it just like it just makes like it gives me goosebumps yeah and, it's, uh, it's dark it's gritty and mm-hmm. but it really puts you in that environment right right no so that yeah that was one where i was like you know, I, again, like I'm sort of casually reading this as casually as I can, and then I just see that those those <laughs> words, and I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa! And then I actually went back and reread that more carefully because I was, I was, I think I was being a little too casual about this, and uh, but yeah, so there's the stormtroopers that are, you know, that come into for the to you know this revolt or whatever. We know how good stormtroopers are with their aim. <laughs> so you can just imagine that for them to actually cause or create a massacre cause a massacre or massacring that would be the i don't know but for them to massacre to do something to the yes. level that is considered a massacre you have to have a lot of stormtroopers because like everyone also, could run away <laughs> i also love the fact that it's based on it, it kind of almost starts as a peaceful protest like they've yeah. got yeah. candles in their cake yeah. it's like a yeah. birthday cake Yes. And yes. then they're all synced up the second they blow the candles. Yeah. That's the cue for all these Wookiee children. Yeah. Yep. To start going nuts. And, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it probably does take a lot of stormtroopers to put yeah. them down. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, that, that is definitely why I had to like go back because it, it does start with, with something that sounds a little more sweet and, like, you know, and gentle or whatever and soft. And then it just turned into this massacre. And I'm like, I did I miss something? Like, what? I, you know, as a reader, I wasn't expecting it to end there. And I mean, and, and I think that's part two of the story. Things do not get any better for Gilgarad in the rest of the story. Mm. Uh. <laughs> well, so since we are still, you know, we, we are star touring, right? I do want to uh, name a few or go through a few facts about Kessel okay. that people might not know about. Because that's the other thing that I really like about this entries that you shared is that they kind of just go very sort of um, like a trading card type of thing where it just lists, lists out facts. Well, yeah, because the whole planet. point of these articles, like I said, is it's to give RPG information. So it gives exactly. the stats. It's to help um, game masters set the scene exactly. for the players. So we got Kessel, planet type, terrestrial slash barren. The climate is cold and dry with thin atmosphere. The terrain, alkali flats and barren, rocky mountains. The atmosphere is breathable with a gas mask. Gravity, 0.82 standard. I assume that by standard, it would be what we have here on Earth. I, I, I imagine so, yes. Like Whenever they go something that's you know basic or standard, I assume that that's just for us to understand that is like the equivalent of an, of an Earth so, day or off, whatever. Sorry, off, off on a quick tangent. Yeah. This thought occurred to me during my uh, commute this week is that that's something that's never focused on in Star Wars. Every right, planet's right. going to have a different gravity, right? Mm-hmm. But you, that's never anything that we speak about. Yeah, this is true. And Like, you'd have to have some sort of 
acclimatization, same as you go on holiday to somewhere that's 10 degrees higher, uh, yeah. hotter than you'd normally expect. Or yeah. you go uh, you go somewhere that's, you know, a much higher altitude. All of those yeah. are going to have an impact on your body. Yep. The impact of gravity is ne- never discussed. Yeah. Well, and then that is why, to me, you know, and I think a lot of people, it's not, it's not like I'm the only one who says it, right? But Star Wars is fantasy and not yes, science, yes. science fiction, right? But the because fact that it, it's mentioned as a stat in this yes. article made, made me think mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, I don't know if you've seen The Expanse on Amazon. I have not. Prime, but that is, a, I mean, there's also the, you know, that is based on, on a series of novels. And I've read, I think, yes, half, of, he also, half of the uh, novels. James Corey, because he also wrote Swear Hat. Hmm. Have you read For, that one? Swear Hat? Yeah. Yes, of, of okay. course I've read it. It's a story. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just well, got the weirdest acronym ever. Oh, uh, okay. Swear Hat. <laughs> so, Star Wars, Empire, and Rebellion, Honor, oh, Among wow. Thieves. Wow. Swear Hat. Okay. <laughs> well, so, uh, so yeah, so he, so he wrote The Expanse, right? And one of the things that they do focus on in there is, I think it's a really good science fiction story. And they do talk a lot about the differences in gravity between planet to planet, and one of the big like uh, things that you know happen within that that universe is that people from Earth have colonized Mars, and other people have colonized like the the belt, uh, which is just like I think it's you know over in Jupiter or the Saturn belt, and they're like my, it's a mining sort of like community there, but the people that have grown up over there are growing up in a very different gravity than people on earth so when they travel oh, okay. from one planet to another they actually for they're they're also described and written as being sort of longer creature like longer humans their bones are not as dense because bone, they have bone to, density is what i was bone, thinking yeah. of when you were going to that yeah yeah so their bone density is different and then when if they want to come to a place like earth they actually have to spend some time in like a ship and taking all these like medicines and supplements and injections to just help them better uh, tolerate the different atmosphere and the different gravity of some other planet. So it's just so like wait, it's re- which which way would it work? So if you went somewhere with a higher gravity, you'd feel more pressure on your mm-hmm. body, correct? Yes. Yes. If you went to a lower gravity, you'd be able to jump buildings in a single bound. Would that yes. make you Superman? Would you be I mean, stronger? That is part of the lore behind Superman. Like people in Krypton don't necessarily have a lot of the same all the powers that we see him having in here. But it is because here with the you know with the sun, the power of the and sun. everything. Yeah. So it just with his own. Um, it I I. I I feel like I read this at some point, <laughs> but it was just like, it, it's that, that it's just um, his chemical and physical makeup being kryptonite is uh, added to the properties of earth and of this, you know, and our sun, then just make him have all these kinds of powers. So, so by this train of thought, yes. do you remember the, the Tartovsky I can never pronounce his name. You know the Clone Wars micro series. Yes, yes. When when Mace Windu is on Dantooine, uh-huh. fighting thousands of vulture droids, it's because that planet has low gravity. Yeah, and he just he was just stronger. Yeah, I mean, there we combi- go. Combine the force 
with low gravity low gravity and then you can do a whole lot more then you become <laughs> superman basically basically but yeah i mean that, that was definitely like to me that's that is a space <laughs> no pun intended but a space within star wars um at least like Anima- animation or, or live action that I think could definitely be explored more. Like, what if it went a little more hardcore science fiction? I don't know if people would be into it, but I am a pretty huge like sci-fi nerd myself, so I feel like no. that would be interesting to explore more. So, okay. Anyways. Should, should um, we carry on our tour of the galaxy? Well, the only... The, the other thing, things in here that I thought would be interesting to mention about Kessel, though... Are the length of the day because this is you know we've also talked about that like how long yep. does, is an hour in each place or a day? So in Kessel, a day is twenty six standard hours and a year is three hundred and twenty two local days. So it's just sort of like you know it's it's interesting to say. Oh, and oh, they also talk about the glitter, glitter stem in here. Yep, which we talked about in our last episode. So so uh, made by the spice spiders of mm-hmm. Kessel that we then see as snow spiders in mandalorian which are actually yes. based on tree spiders from <laughs> the illustrated go. star wars universe yeah. so yeah but and it's listed as a major export i mean isn't is glitter stem spice it's it's a drug though right yes yeah it's so i mean is it illegal <laughs> it's i mean castle is one big meth lab yeah that's basically what it is <laughs> that's why but is our Aren't there some legal... There is some legal spice, though. Right? I, I think... I mean, legal's a stretch, but also in a in a galaxy as vast as Star Wars, you know, laws are kind of hard to enforce. You know? <laughs> Pirates exist. Smugglers yeah. exist. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I just... I feel like... I don't know if it was on one of the animated shows, but I feel like they talk about spice as a... As a more of like uh, medicinal spice. I, so, I imagine so in one of the animated shows. Yeah, I don't, just made it. <laughs> I don't think we're talking about meth labs <laughs> in that one. But yeah, so I mean, you got your medical grade spice and then yes. your hardcore yeah, maybe, spice. Maybe, yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are lots of different spice. Yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, many different forms. You know, back in the day here in, in, on our, in our planet, I mean, cocaine was medicinal too, so I mean... Exactly. <laughs> Things we, change. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, trap. Co- Coca Cola. Continuing our tour before Jose <laughs> distracts us. Um, so I only sent Jose uh, four uh, articles to have a quick look, look through. There's so many others, and there's a couple of others I want to touch on briefly. Uh, so one is um, Carida. Now this okay. is another one of those planets that I've never heard pronounced. I've only ever read it. Could be Carida. It could be Carida. I've known this planet for 20-odd years. Uh-huh. You know, it's, what, more than that, 25. Why do I want to go to Corrida or Carita or whatever? Well, you don't, because it's one of the biggest Imperial Academies in the galaxy. Hmm, what if it, I it, want to be where for the Empire? all their soldiers. It also came from the Jedi Academy trilogy, which is where Kessel first mm. really got its thing. It's okay. where um, Kip Duron slaughtered millions of people by destroying a star which destroyed this planet mm-hmm. um and then turned to the light side afterwards it was okay but the reason that this particular article mm-hmm. r- rings you know really does something for me is that it takes the form of a journal 
of this uh, this Imperial cadet who is basically in class the same time as Shira Bree, who then becomes Lumaya. So, oh. so during her time as an Imperial cadet, before she becomes yeah. an Empress Hand, and she's like his his arch rival within yeah. their training. So it's the back and forth between them. Which again is just it's that backstory that yeah. I love and I love seeing these things fleshed out. Interesting. Okay. Um what's uh, and what what other plan do we have? Uh let's go for let's go for uh Hapes. So Hapes Consortium is from Courtship of Princess Leia. That's where that was first introduced. Uh, a little consortium of 63 planets. So the Hapes is, uh, article is subtitled Ladies First because obviously they are a matriarchy. Is that the correct okay. word? Yeah, sure. I, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well done, me. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it, the story in that is set sometime before A New Hope about uh, somebody crash landing and having to deal with that culture and everything but the one thing that really impressed me about this story and this story was published again 2003-2004 it ties into the concept of the Hapes Consortium or rather the cluster of systems within the transitory mists as being created by the Celestials which is something we touched upon in our brief history of everything Yes. so when I was reading this, this earlier and making my notes that subsequently got wiped that's something <laughs> something that really jumped out to me. Yeah. So where is so is Hapes near Alderaan? Uh now, see, cartography is not my strong point. It really should be. Give me two seconds, I'm gonna grab the book because this will be really useful. Okay. Why Alderaan though? Assuming... Why did I ask Alderaan? Yeah. Because it's in the courtship of... Uh, in in relation Leia. to Hapes. I don't know. Just because uh, you mentioned Leia. So I was kind of like curious, more or less, if it was around Oh, there. no. They're, they're very, very different things. This is the book where Han kidnaps Leia because she fancies enough. No. Yeah. Han kidnaps Leia, wins a planet. It's all very problematic. Han kidnaps Leia? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, because the Hapes Consortium wants to join up with a new republic. So, uh, Mon Mothma proposes an alliance. As far as the Hapes Consortium is concerned, that alliance is her marrying the prince. So, Han knocks her out with a gun, uh, a stun gun, and kidnaps her to this planet that he wins. But that planet is overrun by the Night Sisters. That's where Dathomir comes from. And that's where all the rancors come from. Luke goes to rescue him. Luke's kidnapped by the rancor women while Han's trying to not die with his kidnapped girlfriend. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. Anyway, the Atlas is a big place. Okay, uh, there we go. So it's kind of northwest, uh, northeast on the map. Alderaan is... Alderaan might not even be on the map anymore. We may have taken off after we've got... Oh, no, there it is. So, so... Uh, Alderaan is kind of, you know, in the colonies and Hapes is in the just in the inner rim but again they didn't have much dealings with the rest of the the galaxy for a long time I I guess it's just like because it's uh, I mean you 
mentioning courtship of a princess Leia, right? That, yeah, that's what you. Yeah. So I mean, I have never obviously I've never read it, and I had no idea what it dealt with. But it's because it's it talks about Princess Leia, I in my head it's something that happens like pre a New Hope, and that's why I was, I was thinking that maybe it was closer to Alderaan. I don't know. Maybe there was some sort of like relationship between these planets or something. No, the the, but... um, the courtship of Princess Leia. It's a misleading title. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's, there's not a lot a whole deal of courting going on. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. I, I just like. And I wouldn't have thought that Han Solo would have been involved if we're talking about she like Leia being courted. It's just. I, it sounded like something more proper that would have happened before no he she was like a general and all that kind of stuff he literally knocks her out and kidnaps her that's terrible all right <laughs> that's so, it do not go to heaps okay so we went from pleasure planet to spice man spice mine we've gone from kidnapping your love for because you think that'll work so let's let's lighten the tone shall we sure yeah sure so I want to talk about another article called Ajima Pilots Wanted. Okay. Anyone who's listened to our show knows how highly I rate the X-Wing book Starfighters of Ajima by Aaron Alston, which is the funniest Star Wars book ever written. Hands down. It's hilarious. Everyone should read it. And this article takes the form of a documentary five years after that book happens, based on the events of that book. Okay. But the majority of it is Wes, Hobby, Tico, and Wedge being interviewed about the events. And basically just taking the piss out of each other about the <laughs> events of that book. It's That's amazing. It's hilarious. I read it again today and it's just such, <laughs> such good writing. That's even, fantastic. Even if you haven't read the book... Yeah, this would still be a funny ass interview because it's four pilot jock friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just having a laugh and mocking <laughs> each other, and it's brilliant. And sometimes Star Wars has to be that too. Yeah, of course. No, I, I mean, yeah, it has to be. Well, I mean, I think it is part of it. You always do have that little that humor. Yes. In it, so. And sometimes that is lost, but. Especially in a series of articles like this, you can have your really, really grim ones about Wookiee children slaves dying. Yes. And then you can have really, really funny ones where they just take them and mick out of each other relentlessly yeah. <laughs> on on camera, being recorded for an interview and forgetting that it's being recorded and then having to go, uh, do, do you mind just cutting that for, you know, uh, military information, classified reasons? <laughs> That's fantastic. It's so, so good. All right, what's next? Uh, so, what else did I send you? We the other two about... that Bespin and Korriban. Okay, so Korriban's a quite an interesting one because Korriban, we know, is you know one of the home planets of the Sith called Moriband or Moribund in uh, Rebels when it got renamed. And this story is just about it's about some guy who just crash lands on a planet, but it's. It kind of gives some law. There's a really, really interesting line in this, uh, which I did make in my second law notes. Um, it said, Imagine that Coruscant had been abandoned for some reason, just left completely vacant for five millennia. That's Korriban. 
a world Ooh. covered in mountains made of eroded structures and weather temples built into the planet's bedrock. Now that's a grim yeah. scene. Yeah. Well, I you know to add to that, when in the list of facts about the planet, the you know what their major exports are. I can't imagine Korriban having any exports apart oh, from they do, they death have and one. destruction. <laughs> Go on. So it says, major experts, historic and current, evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about... You can tell I skim over anything fact-based. <laughs> I just saw that and I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine one of those... Uh, one of those tourist postcards. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. Carbat. Prime <laughs> Expo Evil. Evil. Oh man. Well, yeah. De- so, I mean, like what, you know those uh, signs. Days without an accident. Zero. Yeah, yeah, Just exactly. constantly zero. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. I mean, besides that, the, the length of a day also kind of fun to to read, but it's twenty eight hours, and the length of a year is. 780 local days so it's a a long long year wow and i bet like 700 of those are winter Mm -hmm. (laughs) well and it's i mean and it says local days too so if every day there is four hours longer than our day then that's that's gonna be like a thousand days so it's it's a it's it's a long year yeah imagine imagine having the pandemic for that long (laughs) But uh, one thing that's kind of implied in this story is that, yeah. you know, the group of pirates that it's following, it's implied that they're in the Valley of the Jedi, which is from the Dark Force Rising, uh, sorry, the Dark Force books and video games. Mm-hmm. So that deals with Kyle Katarn and stuff like that. And uh, right at the very end of this, they kind of, they're looting around for treasure and they unwittingly awake a Sith ghost because they've opened a sarcophagus, as you do, and start... Yeah. Rooting around a treasure and grab a jewel out of his corpse's chest, and then that Sith ghost possesses the guy who did it. Because of, of all the places to be doing that, you know, yeah. it, it might be fine on Zeltron. You're not going to do that on Korriban. That's no, never going to no. end well. You do not want to mess with that no. with that stuff in Korriban. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. And uh, do we should we go to the next planet? Yes, yeah, so uh, hopping think, over to to another one. Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm quickly going to talk about uh, two that tie into the Marvel comics. So there's an article called Argao for all your okay. banking needs. So Argao was a banking planet in the Marvel comics. Uh, it, there was a really interesting couple of stories where Leia and Vader had to go to the same planet and negotiate over that planet's um, loyalty. Uh, and loans to either the Rebellion or the Empire. Uh-huh. And this article takes the forms of like mission debriefs or depositions after that that story. Mm-hmm. And then okay. there's uh, Behiboth Blood and Water, which is another Marvel comic where Luke and some girly meets has to escape from some green cloud-trapped entity ent- entity that's controlling them and then they escape it and that lets it rain but he's telling the story five years after that when he revisits the planet there's a <laughs> there's another one called Arbra Sanctuary in the Storm now this one I do want to talk about because okay. it involves Pl- uh, Hugibs and Plith 
Who gives? You don't remember me talking about who gives? Who who are the who gives? Or or Pliffs? Pliffs? No. <laughs> what are who gives and Pliffs? I just I think you just made that up. So, one of my favorite runs from the Marvel seventy seven comics and Cavan Scott's favorite run is uh-huh. when Rebellion are looking for a new base after Return of the Jedi. They find this planet with these little hair rabbit type creatures. Not six foot Jackson rabbits, actual rabbit sized creatures <laughs> that eat energy and communicate telepathically. It's a big deal. He just he reintroduced are, them last year in the Adventure Comics. It's a big the, trust me, it's a big are, deal. Are these the Hoogibs? These are the Hoogibs. Okay, I like it. A- and Pliff, I like it. Pliff is the leader of the Hoogibs. Anyway. Oh. The Planet Hopper story actually talks about Pliff petitioning to become a senator in the New Republic. And for that reason, it is noteworthy. But, so do you have a cute little bunny, like, psychic bunny rabbit in the, like, how? But he yes, can't... they're a big part of that entire final arc of the Marvel comics. And, but they cannot talk. They communicate telepathically. So they cannot really do, like, big speeches on the Senate floor. They can, telepathically. To everyone, to, like at the same thousands time. of people. They're, they're very good at a telepa- tele- ah, telepathy thing. They can talk to you or lots of people. Do they move their nose? Oh well, yeah, they got, they when, got legs. They can when they around. when they like communicate telepathically. I mean, they have this weird little just, antenna thing as well, and like do like a little like rabbit thing. <laughs> what the bewitched nose? Yes. <laughs> Um, no, I don't think so. They might wag over antenna, but you know, <laughs> you'd, you'd be too busy. Oh yeah, have their, his voices in your their head. Their ears just sort of like <laughs> yeah. go sideways, and and for you guys are not seeing this, but I have my hand up on my head right now, <laughs> acting as if it was a rabbit ear, just rotating around my head, just to like better communicate. Yeah, L- like a doing. little um, R two unit sensoscope. Yeah. Okay. But no, who who gives her a massive deal? So any anything, I'll, gives I'll take your word for it. But they sound. I mean, yes. I, Why I, not? I, if I, if we have a six foot tall uh, green rabbit that eats like that's a carnivore, then why not have tiny little rabbits that are, are psychic? Okay, I'm gonna communicate. I'm gonna find a hoogib expert to get on this show. Uh, and expert? talk about talk about their impact on the galaxy and you know how they they literally saved. The New Republic in their, its infancy. How? how? Because they helped, they helped win the war against the Nagai and the Toffs. <laughs> <laughs> this happened. Okay. This was a thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. We, we will save that for another episode, but I'm now I'm definitely now intrigued by these, these hoogips. Okay, fi- final planet then. Let's go to Bespin. Bespin! And one of my favorite stories of this whole run so what are the what are the stats on bespin jose okay so you want to go to bespin bespin is a gas giant with a a temperate climate um it is a swampy terrain the atmosphere is breathable um if you're within the life zone um the gravity is standard um on the in the life zone I guess the live sun is just the, the cloud city. 
Yeah, I mean, perhaps. So the whole thing about Bespin having a swampy core that yeah. also comes from the Marvel comics. There was a whole uh, couple of issue arc where Lando returns to Cloud City because you know he feels bad that he had to abandon all his people. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. a legitimate businessman. Uh, so he returns to it and. Uh, the Ugnaughts have basically rebelled against the new Imperial masters who had enslaved them and they'd set bombs everywhere and he, Lando got pushed over the edge. Lobot had to jump over to rescue him and he end, they ended up on the swamp and he met the King Ugnaught. There's a couple of points I want to make here and we're, st- we're not even talking about the Planet Hopper story. We're still talking about the Marvel comic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a few more facts, but please... So, finish the comic. <laughs> sorry, I went off on one there. So, <laughs> when Lando gets back, Lobot is completely deranged and trying to kill him. And it's interesting that they call him the Lobot. Remember, this is in the eighties comics, uh-huh. as in the robot, the Lobot. Almost yeah. as if you could, you could dehumanize someone just with that sort of yeah. Yeah. cybernetics that he had. They're no longer a person. They're a Lobot, very thing yeah. rather than a person. It just it struck me the way uh, reading that today that he was called the Lobot rather than Lobot, his name. Yeah, which, yeah. which was weird. Um, Interesting, yeah. And then once Lobot is on the uh, sorry, once Lando is on the surface, Lando lets out the the best line that I think has ever been written in any single Star Wars comic. When he finds out what happened to the Ignorts after he left, he's talked of a King Ignort and he says, King, you've just lost yourself an enemy and gained the meanest, maddest friend you've ever had. <laughs> Which is kick ass, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> And I can just imagine that in Billy Dee Williams' voice too. And and Lando's pissed as well at this moment. Yeah. He's really annoyed. It's oh, so man. good. That's good. Yeah, that's a good line. That's a good that, line. That's the panel I'm gonna put in our Discord. Okay. All right. So, uh, how long do you think a day is in Bespin? Now it's a massive gas planet, right? Have Have you been looking at? Um, it is a gas sizes? giant. Yes. It's, so a day would be. Let's go with forty-two hours. You are incorrect, sir. A day in Bespin is a mere twelve hours. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's a fast-moving planet. That's a fast-moving planet. Do you want to know how long a year is in Bespin? Uh, based on that, and nothing else alone, and no logic, I'm going to go with 157 days. You are way off here, too, <laughs> my friend. Uh, <laughs> a year in Bespin is 5,110 standard days. So it takes a long time to go around the sun. But, but it, it spins, spins real really fast. fast while it's doing that. <laughs> Man, that, that makes Cloud City itself even more impressive. That's got to be some strong gravitational hooks right there. Right. So, yeah, I mean, a population of 6 million, uh, most of them, 68% are humans, uh, only 8% are Ognots, then you have a 6% of Lutrillians, and then 18% of other. I'm sure that's but... based on Cloud City population as opposed to the planet. Population. I assume so. I mean, it's. Uh... Which yeah, seems I mean, unfair. If you were taking a census, that seems yeah. unfair. Well, I mean, you know, down on the surface, you also have a stronger gravity, so it's better to live within this cloud city. Or is that why they're so short? 
Well, the Ognats are not from here. This is also true. So uh, they were brought in. Yes. By yes. and this is one of the things that they talk about in the story yes, that you. Yes, they were brought in me. by. Uh, Look at me! Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> they're brought like... in by. That's one of the great things about the story is that. Uh, so it covers. Um, there's this reporter, a journalist called. Um, yes. Ars Ars Fibble. Fibble, yeah. And it covers like a 50 year career. So it talks about Ecclesial Fig bringing the Ugnaughts when he takes over Cloud City. It talks about Lando winning Cloud City from Baron Raynor. Yeah. It talks about the whole bomb thing that we just spoke about. It covers Empire Strikes Back. And it's... I, I, I can't express my love for this story clearly enough. It's so, <laughs> so good. There's so much good lore and... It's just entertaining. It's a really, really well-written story. There's a lot of interesting things in it. I will say that for, like, for me to come into the story, I mean, and this was the first one that I tried to yeah, read. completely blind. And, yeah, and, yeah, complete being completely blind as to like what this is and what to expect. It did take me a minute to like get into it because it's sort of like you know the whole thing does start. Like, yeah, the, the facts about the planet I thought were interesting. And then he just starts to talk about this Ars Fivel guy and this, like, documentary thing. And I'm like, what the... What is going <laughs> on? And, but, like, all, know, the, all the other stuff, uh, uh, Ecclesial Fig, the Lando winning the um, Cloud City, that's all... That was previously established. None of that I is see. new here. So, for you, that was all new. For Yeah, it was I, all new. I read this and I, I'm like, yes, it... Yeah, you can put it in context yes. and it all kind of like makes sense but for me yeah it was just uh it, it just it was a little hard to to understand what it is that i was reading and that's why i'm like trev what are we're gonna spend a whole hour talking about stuff like this <laughs> and, and it's and also they, it's also written in accent as well exactly <laughs> it's written it's written with like the an ognard accent it's written it's like it's a script too so it's not like if it was uh there's you know, so it's there's no narrator really. No. So all of it, I was just it was an, an unreliable. It, it was one a tough best. read, to be honest. But there's well, once you kind of like get it definitely once you get into like you know you read between the lines or you kind of get into what it's actually talking about, um, then yeah, then I'm like okay, yeah, there's definitely really interesting lore that is explored here and that is added to to, you know, to all of Star Wars. But, but also, he's, it, sorry, Ars is not. A serious journalist either you know he is generally mocked by his peers and his droid again it's a, yeah. it's, a it's a funny story it's not written but to he, be taken seriously at all he but he won the award with this documentary that he was making yes because he happened to be there when the empire invaded when Lando <laughs> came back you know he'd stumbled yeah. his way into this yeah. stuff there's even yeah. a there's even a point where um like the droid is calculating the possibilities or the probabilities of us having his own teeth or being able to repair his own equipment. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, like 92% chance us does not know how to do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, definitely like once I started to understand what this planet hoppers thing is and, and I kind of just kept, kept going through the other planets too, then it, I was better able to just sort of like organize it all in my head. And then it just like, and especially now talking to you and I mean, just seeing your 
pure enthusiasm <laughs> and joy. You know, it, just talking about these and talking about some of the other uh, planets that that you didn't share with me prior. But it's, uh, I mean, definitely it's it's a lot. You know, I, I'm having a lot more fun with it now talking to you about it than I had when I when it just felt like a chore. When I'm yeah, like I, 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 I reading through it and 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 it, and even though like I found some interesting things in it, it's like this is the part that makes it all to me like more worth it. It's just like discussing these things with you and then just kind of like getting some of the background information that I didn't know about because they're not included in these, uh, in this like entries. And I feel like this is, this is the beauty of our show, but we can, we can tackle those big overarching things. We can dive into these really small, obscure things and bring them to the listeners bring them to you dear listener yeah. this is this is what we're here to do is guide you to star wars that you just didn't know existed <laughs> so trev are these things still available i mean you said this was all published online are, yeah i mean the, people find the, these or no the i mean you can uh if you go to the if you go to the work they've got like the the way back machine backup links for yeah. all of these uh they are not on the Wizard of the Coast website anymore since they lost the license now because uh, yeah. Final Flight Games won the license after them, um, who produced even less fiction. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost like these guys don't understand the precedent. Um, <laughs> but yes, you know, they are definitely out there if you search hard enough. And, you know, we'll, we'll share a little bit here and there without getting in trouble. And yeah, yeah hunt it down it's some some really really good especially yeah. if you if you're a massive 77 run marvel star wars fan there's so much in here for you so <laughs> so much well and so i don't know if we need one but do we have a uh batshit crazy book or oh you know i to discussed today read all this here, i didn't even consider it <laughs> didn't <laughs> okay. even didn't that's even cross I, my that's mind that's what i was thinking because i mean everything about this is already up to that level so i don't think that you could have like you couldn't have one-upped this in any sort of way no but um but we do have we do have a bedtime story though right yes we do have a bedtime story uh so to give it a segue i'm going to refer to one final Planet Hopper's article, perfect. Which is called "Hoth Under the Ice," yes. which there's a. I'm sure we've mentioned this before. There's a kind of one-off again, the Marvel seventy-seven Star Wars run, that tells how Wedge survived the Battle of Hoth and uh-huh. characters died who were later brought back when proper books were getting written. And it's kind of been defined as a tall tale, but this one Planet Hopper's article does its best to retcon. That one issue based on what came later. And luckily, we have a bedtime story from a good friend, Timothy Guthrie, in our pocket that deals with the Battle of Hoth. So that's as good a segue as we're ever going to give a bedtime story. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Hey friends, Timothy here, Utini CFO and Patreon Community Manager. Um, thank you for allowing me to exist in your space for just a few moments. 
Um, Trev and Jose were gracious enough to send me this very exclusive edition of the Star Wars Archives Bedtime Collection. Um, they have some wonderful bedtime stories in here. I am pumped to be able to read it. Um, I believe they picked one out exclusively for me to share with you today. So uh, before we get into it, there's just two things I want to mention. Um, one, it is always good to have a glass of water nearby. Um, one, if you're the reader so that your voice doesn't get all you know, cracked and pitchy and, and all that. But two, um, if you happen to, you should probably drink a glass before you go to bed every night. And if you wake up in the morning, um, like right when you wake up, that's good. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, it's also helpful. So I'm gonna take a sip if you don't mind. You can find this incredible glass, at.com forward slash merch. Um, Jose has some wonderful collections and designs up there. And I think that you will really appreciate it. Again, this is so cool. Uh, the second important thing is uh, I want to make sure that you are good. Are you sitting comfortably? All right, let's begin. Hi, Timothy. When I asked what your Star Wars interests were, you mentioned The Empire Strikes Back as your favorite of the saga. It's true. Uh, which gave me a chance to highlight some of my favorite pieces. The reference book, Essential Guide to Warfare, published in 2012, was followed up with a series of blog posts from the authors sharing material that was cut from the book. What follows is an abridged version of the vignette hit by an ion cannon. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can see this scene already in my head. Um, they're escaping Hoth and all that. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Sir, rebel ships are coming into our sector. Hearing Lieutenant Cabell's eager report, Captain Samuel Lennox allowed himself a slight smile. Good, he said loud enough for the crew to hear. His hands kept folded behind his back. Our first catch of the day. The frozen wastes of Hoth filled the viewports of the Tyrant's Bridge. If Darth Vader was correct, a rebel base was buried somewhere down there, and the rebels would be scrambling ships for a frantic trip up the gravity well. Lennox didn't know what the rebels had. Snub fighters, gunboats, capital ships. But it didn't matter. His tyrant awaited them on point. And behind her were the five other Star Destroyers of Death Squadron, arranged in a heavy attack line and backed up by the mighty Executor. Captain, sensors paint three ships inbound from planet side, two fighters and a transport. All stations, prepare to fire on my mark. Lennox noted the flurry of activity in the bridge pits in his peripheral vision, but kept his eyes fixed dead ahead, awaiting contact. Captain, ComScan reports power fluctuations on the surface. His eyes barely registered the brilliant orange lances of fire that emerged from the white expanse before him, but years of training allowed his brain to identify them and what they meant in the second before they passed through the tyrant's shields and slammed into her hull, impacting first her dorsal superstructure and then her conning tower. The impact knocked Lennox to the deck and sent his cap skittering across the durastill. He stared at the lost cap, blinked away the orange spots left on his vision. It wasn't just his vision, he realized. The tyrant's bridge had been plunged into darkness, lit only by the reflected light on the planet outside. Blue sparks arced over the darkened consoles of the bridge pits. Cabell was barking orders no one was listening to. Crewmen were reporting that they couldn't get power readings. The tyrant had rolled the starboard and pitched forward, guided by whichever engines had been the last to fail. She was in no danger of impacting the planet, Lennox noted, but had rolled off the point position in the heavy attack line. 
the accuser would have to come up to take her place. At least, Lennox thought, she, there was little danger that the rebels would send fighters to finish her ship off. He doubted they'd be able to spare them, given the need to protect their transports and evade the rest of Death Squadron. And then Lennox began to float. The artificial gravity had failed as the command bridge's backup generator fell prey to the charged particles playing havoc with the ship's systems. He grabbed for a handhold and secured himself, watching Cabell tumble end over end in consternation while the bridge crew gaped up at him from where they sat strapped into their stations. Ion cannon. And not a ship-mounted one either. Bigger than that. Planetary emplacement. The myriad systems of the tyrant normally produced a constant thrum that was both a low sound and a faint vibration felt through the deck. It was his ship's heartbeat, now stilled. The tyrant was silent, save for Cabell's sputtering in the crew's useless status reports. She was dead in space, and she would remain that way, Lennox realized with a scowl, until after the outcome of the Battle of Hoth had been decided. Um, cool <laughs> uh, is my first reaction to that. Um, thank you again, Trevin Jose, for this. Um, it's so neat. Uh, so I knew straight from the title, I knew, um, and just the, the tease that was going to be from Empire Strikes Back, I knew exactly which scene we had to be hitting. Um, everybody knows the line, right? Our first catch of the day. Um, and just seeing the, the ion pulses uh, hit the ship and to see it kind of lilt down, like, it's so cool, um, so vivid. And what I loved about this story is that it gave us a perspective uh, much like the from a certain point of view books do. Um, this doesn't matter to the grand scheme of Star Wars, um, to anything that is, you know, that will exist or has ever existed. Like it doesn't matter that much, I think, in the grand scheme of things, not a major plot point, but it's it helps to kind of flesh out the character, um, to, to, to feel the arrogance, um, you know, of Lennox um the the kind of semi bumblingness of Cabell um I hope that's how you say his name um uh, but it, it's really interesting to get that perspective of of the empire um to all of a sudden realize that you're floating in space because you can't go anywhere and how terrifying that must be um man but uh, I loved it um thank you for allowing me to be a part of this um, I hope that we get more stories like this. It's so cool that this was like throwaway, like this was cut from a reference book. And those things are already super impressive. So to know that something like this neat and intriguing um, was left out, like I'm going to have to pick up this book now. I'm not usually one for reference um, guides or things like that, but I think this could be a helpful turning place. So Thank you again to Trev and Jose for um, allowing me to be a part of this uh, little project. Um, thank you, listener, for allowing me to read you a bedtime story. Um, I hope that y'all have a fantastic and wonderful day or night ahead, um, whatever it is that you find yourself listening to this. Um, and I hope to see you soon. May the force be with you. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Timothy Guthrie, for reading that bedtime story for us. 
Um, and I think that's about it for our show, Trev. So uh, I think we've hopped a lot of planets. We did. We, we did quite a bit of hopping. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys listening to us, if for some reason you haven't yet, we've mentioned it a couple times today, but make sure to join our Discord. We have a very active community there sharing their thoughts and the latest uh well i guess there's no well andor is coming up soon so whenever that does start you know we'll be talking to andor we are talking about the latest book release at the moment uh what's the latest one right now it's at the shadow of the sith so uh, yeah i started it uh a couple of nights ago I'm, i'm only four chapters in but it's bloody amazing so far oh yeah i i can't wait to get into it i'm still uh working my way through brotherhood so 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 um, good i'll i'll get to that point at some point um but yeah even after those after uh you know there's channels per every book right so even if you get to the books a little after you know a, a couple of months after they're released there are still people talking about them there um besides that and most importantly Discord is where you can get the latest news and discuss anything Star Wars Archives. So if you have not joined, just head on over to utini.com slash Discord and click the Join Now button on that page. And yeah, I mean, we typically do share, I mean, we, you know, we'll be sharing some of the images and things like that that we talked about today. So we'll put some of those uh, planet uh, renderings uh, yes. there. Um, besides... Uh, hang out on Discord. Trev and I are also on Twitter. I am at djoxy over there. That's T H E J O X I I I. And Trev, who are you? And where can people find you? I am at Davy Todd. Or the po- podcast show is a at SW Archives Pod. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Trev, and thank you to all of our Patreon members for supporting us and making this show possible. And thank you, listeners, for hopping around (laughs) planet to planet with us today. Hope that you hope hop (laughs) uh, (laughs) that you do continue hopping around. I hope you've had a safe flight, and we hope you join us on the archives flight again. And with that, I can now say, radio out. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.